Good afternoon and welcome to the Dungeon Musings Podcast. My name is Kevin Madison and I will be your friendly Dungeon Muser today. Uh, So over the last couple of weeks, um, I have felt um, not only in my, uh, not only in in the podcast, uh, but also in the, some of the sessions that I've had as well, um, that I've been increasingly on edge uh, and increasingly negative uh, in, in my assessment of certain things and uh, particularly, the, I feel like uh, the tone of the last couple of, uh, of podcasts have been um, particularly, I don't know, not, not I mean, hypercritical is, is not a bad thing, uh, particularly for what it leads to is some good ideas and growth, but I just, I, I feel that some of the invective uh, that I may have brought to the uh, the episodes has uh, has been colored by this sort of, I mean, to be honest, uh, some stress with the day job. Just, uh, things are very, very busy in my day job right now. So it is, uh, carrying over in, in, in where the, uh, this, my podcast and the, uh, actual plays that we do in the channel are, are intended to be kind of a, a fun break. I, I have been treating them a little bit more like, um, outlets, uh, more so than, uh, uh, than just the, the breaks that I intend them to be. So I, what I wanted to do is, is I wanted to talk uh, to something, to record an episode that is just strictly positive. I want to talk about some of the things that I uh, I have in the hopper that I have, and particularly excited about, and th- and talk about sort of the reasons for why I'm excited about that. So we're going to take a little bit of a break from my <laughs> from the the tone of the last couple of episodes, and I'm going to talk about something a little more positive. We'll bring a little sunshine into this uh, world of the dungeon muser. So uh, that's what I'm going to talk about now. So the first positive thing I want to talk about is is actually. Um, I honestly don't know how under the radar this thing is uh, in terms of the wider 5e kind of world because to be honest I don't really involve myself with that all that much it's 5e is not my game and I, I I don't tend to apart from you know following along with the Kickstarters that uh, Cobalt Press does I don't really run a lot of 5e um, but one positive thing I have thought about not thought about but I, I've been getting ready is uh, in a couple of months, I have my annual gaming marathon, uh, and those for those who are not familiar, once a year I get together with my my buddies from back home, and I run a marathon session of uh, of something. I pick a game that's different each year. I normally surprise the guys each year, and uh, my son intends as well. So uh, we, it's a really, it's just my favorite holiday of the year. To be honest, we get together, we you know we all have breakfast together and chat about stuff. Um, get you know kind of our bullshitting out of the way. We sit down. We sometimes roll up characters. Sometimes we just jump into the game with pregens, and then um, yeah, we play all day and all night. And we take a break to go for Thai food, and we have uh, you know take a break to have lunch and stuff like that. But it's just it's a really, really, really fun day. I, I really uh, I thoroughly enjoy it. And uh, for this year, I'm taking a, a, a bit of a, ch- uh, at least as far as things stand right now, because I mean, I have been known to change a, a month before, but as things stand right now, what we're going to be doing is playing a game called, well, us um, a, uh, uh, in a setting called the Odyssey of the Dragon Lords. And this was something that was published by, uh, I actually don't know the name of the, the company, um, but the publishers were Modifius. And uh, they had kickstarted the game, and it was a company that was founded by two guys who used to work for Bioware. And I actually don't know whether they are senior people with Bioware or what, but the the idea is is to take the sensibilities of classic heroes, so the Greek myths, uh, and 
uh, and to apply them in, or in, you know, to use them to construct a uh, a Greek style, you know, classic Greece style setting. And um, the, the it was the art that sold me on this thing, not so much the five E stuff because I didn't think it would be translatable to other stuff. But I, I kind of ordered it and forgot about it. And then I started seeing the updates from Kickstarter that it was coming out, and it looked pretty cool. Not pretty cool, it looked amazing. It's got some of the most beautiful, uh, lush art of, uh, of any gaming product I've ever seen. And uh, the maps are also very, very cool. And uh, so I got it. And when it arrived, I the book is has fantastic binding, like top, you know, of, uh, top of the field uh, binding in it. The art inside is incredible. And the adventure seems so much fun. Like, it really does capture the the spirit of Greek myths, the idea of there being pathos, like which is actually discussed in the product. It talks about how, you know, um, hubris and, you know, um, the tragedy that comes with the, with big heroes, the, the fact, you know, the fact that the gods don't want to help you or whatnot, they're, that they're fickle and that they want to, you know, they have their own agendas they're pursuing and that they actively involve themselves in the lives of heroes. All of that stuff is at play in here, and it's through a. Uh, there is definitely a D and D lens to it, but it it has this really unique flavor. And there's a also a handful of uh, uh, custom, you know, uh, to the setting races and uh, specialties or archetypes that you could play. So it looks like it, it's amazing, and the adventure itself looks pretty good too. I haven't read the whole thing through, and I mean, we're not going to get through the whole adventure. Uh, it's the book itself is like close to 300 pages or maybe a little more and the adventure takes up a good chunk of that stuff and uh but like i don't really care if we play through the whole adventure i want to look for, you know i want to have uh starting off and then we'll get to a certain point and then we'll we'll call it a day and uh we may revisit those characters at some other point but it's um man oh man like what a great product like really it, it the adventure just feels very different from other 5e games from other uh, fantasy games the art is just oh my god it like it has so many good ideas in like it, it just prompts so many um good ideas or, or you know just gets my mind kind of going with the possibilities for the adversaries for the the locations and things like that like it's just it looks really 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 good and um the i i circulated the um uh, the thing to the the players in it, I, not the the actual book, but the uh, I, I linked them to the site, and they they uh, snagged their copies as well. And we've got players who are already kind of you know staking out claims or of, for what kind of character they want to play, and they all sound awesome. Like everyone is really gravitating towards the 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 things that are thematic, and they're like the cursed minotaurs and the cursed Medusa, but immortal Medusa. The uh, you know. Um, the god-blooded sorcerer type like so it's just super super cool and uh it's been a long time since i've run uh fifth edition i the most recent time i i tried running it was, was with my son and i found that it was it was not an optimal game to run the type of game we were running which was to say a ravnica i was using a guild um the uh, guild was a guild master's guide to ravnica to run the Ravnica setting is my son's a, um, not a huge, but he's a he's a, at least a bit of a fan of Magic the Gathering. So he made a character uh, for that, a, a Loxodon character, this elephant humanoid, you know, character. And he was a mage, and the adventure was like basically tracking down this guy. The thing is, is that that five E doesn't really provide you a lot of um, 
mechanical structure for for playing through that. So uh, it just it wasn't you know um, it wasn't the best game to to be running for him uh, for for that particular adventure. But um, but man oh man am I I'm pretty excited for this one. Like this is going to be really leaning into I think what Five E is really good at, which is fun tactical combat. Um, you know, fast moving, and it'll be fun. I'm I'm going to try and and take some of the lessons that I've learned uh, over the last little while uh, with respect to Pathfinder Second and to my AD and D games, and really see if I can give you know Five E a real run for you know uh, a real run. You know, with running it the way that the game is actually intended, I guess, with a big group. And I also am really looking forward to using my accessories. I have got a shit ton of accessories for 5th edition that I have no use for so far because A, I don't really run a lot of 5th edition and B, I also uh, tend to run most of my games online so all those spell cards and monster cards and like extra DM screens and shit like that like none of that stuff is is of value to me <laughs> for online games so I'm really, really excited to make use of that and I think the setting and the yeah, the setting and the adventure is going to be a, just a lot of fun I'm really looking forward to playing up that you know, the the selfish gods kind of, you know, element and the and, you know, being part of a unwelcome destiny kind of thing, you know, that uh, that the heroes are sort of shouldered with in uh, or uh, yeah, they're they're burdened with in the uh, in the adventure. So that's gonna be really, really cool. That I'm very excited for. Um, I am also really, really excited to run uh, Cult Divinity Lost uh, because it's... So, I've mentioned it on the podcast a couple of times before, and it's a game I haven't run yet. The only reason I ended up picking it up is because of how great an experience I had running uh, City of Mist. Uh, and I mentioned that City of Mist is this you know, uh, kind of hybrid system that's part powered by the apocalypse and part uh, fate. Uh, and then also some of its own stuff, and I really, I really, really enjoyed the the one shot that I ran with that. Um, I also have so Cult has uh, oh some similarities to that, but it's actually even more, uh, it's even closer to a tra- traditional game than uh, than either of those. So it's a really, it's it's a occupies a really interesting space, and I don't know, I honestly don't know whether like how how things will go uh, with it, but um, I was not super keen on using the setting for it, the default setting, just because I find it's it's a little more splatter horror than what I am looking for. But to be honest, I've been watching, at the time of recording, uh, the HBO show The Outsider, based on the Stephen King novel. And it's got the, it's a very Stephen Kingy thing where, you know, there's a monster that's got some abilities, but you never really seem to learn what the thing is or where it came from. You know, the story's more about the character's their very personal struggles that they're dealing with, and also the um, the what do you call it? The the way that they respond to this this creature the, or the monster, which is is really have been, like the show has been very very interesting in that way. Them slowly discovering what's going on, and and uh, something that King does I realize as well too that I just love is that he seems to always have a confederate. You know, there's always some character in the, and I shouldn't say always because I really have only read a handful of his novels and I, I've and you know movies based on his works. But I love that there is, there seems to always be a confederate where there's a character that is 
uh, that has access to the protagonists, but is secretly in league with the adversary, and almost always not willingly, you know, uh, or at, at best, you know, begrudgingly willingly. Uh, I love that. I really think that's that's a clever um, a clever way to incorporate an adversary into the. You know, uh, I mean, for for a strict narrative thing, that that's uh, really helpful because it's it's a fun way to show the to rise tension. You know, when the when the audience knows that fuck that person's in league with so and so, and the other characters don't know that, uh, it's that's awesome. But I I think that's also can be translatable to uh, role playing games if you, uh, especially for horror games, if you introduce if you incorporate a character like that and then. There's that moment where the players will run, will realize that this character is actually in league with their enemy, and then they'll go back over their, you know, through over their their memory of like, oh fuck, what like, what what do we say around that guy? What do we do around that guy? What did he have access to, or she, or it, you know? And um, that's a, a really good idea. But more so, what what it got me thinking of cult for was because uh, because of the sort of unknown, you know, element of the adversary and how it's, it's how much the struggle or the tension in that, uh, in that story is all about the, um, it's partly about the characters against themselves, you know, in some ways, the, the lead character played by Ben Mendelsohn, which is fucking awesome. He's so good in this, uh, is this kind of doubting Thomas, um, investigator. And he's got a really, really good backstory as well too. And there's some really good, uh, personal tension that goes on uh, and to be honest I think this is just King in general that he makes really really interesting characters the characters are very I don't know I mean it's his human characters at least like I I, uh, I did struggle to try to get into the Gunslinger uh, series but um, but like the things I have read I, I do like how um, tortured those characters are and if, if that reminds me a lot of the characters that you would play in Cult um, so, and I, and also since I last, um, I last talked about cult, I, I went and, and read some of the short adventures that are included in the, I think it's called Toroticum and other tales or something like that. It's a basic collection of, it's one six part, uh, adventure and then some shorter adventures that could be done in like one session and whatnot. And man, are they good? Like they really read like modern psychological horror or, um, just like a very different vibe on horror it, and it isn't the splatter horror or whatever that I kind of thought that you know that uh, cult would be so so I actually think I might after I'm making use of it for this weekend's game and, and for the next couple of uh, Sundays uh, I, I actually think I, I would give it a try just as written and see how it uh, how it plays out but the thing that um, I, I'm using it for though is I have kind of made it uh, a bit of a hack to it. I, I changed some um, some things, like I dropped the dark secret element for this particular adventure, and I am running uh, an adventure which I think is called the Stoker Papers uh, or the Stoker File uh, from the Edom Files sourcebook from Pelgrim Press, and that's for their uh, Dracula dossier line. It's an adventure set in, I believe, 1877. And it features the characters, well, starts off in Constantinople, and the adventure and the supplement itself is for the Knights Black Agents game, and I just, I, I really want to give that game uh, another chance, because I think that, uh, I think that it's, it's pretty cool, I think that I, I could 
it, it I deserve or it deserves another chance. But if for no other reason, because like Ken Heights work on who, who wrote to Knights Black Agents, Ken Heights work on a lot of the other Dracula stuff is just so good. Like I want to run it so badly. I just have struggled trying to figure out how to run Gumshoe uh, appropriately, and I think that I. I owe it another pass, but for now, what I wanted to do is because I, I really, really liked the the mechanics behind Cult, which again is, is very close to uh, Powered by the Apocalypse kind of thing, where it's got moves and whatever, but it, it doesn't, it feels more uh, of a traditional game, and I think that the, the style of horror that it, um, that it suits, or that I'm going for in it, this will really fit the, the way that that game will play out. Um... And it's a really, man, like, cult seems, like, I, w- I want to see how it does at the table. It seems like it's going to be a, just a ton of fun. It's a really, really, really cool horror game. Like, I uh, I am very excited to see how this will um, how this will play. I think if it's anything like our City of Mist experience, it's, boy, oh, boy, I'm going to come away raving about this. Um, but the, the adventure itself also is, I think, very, very good, and it's... It's interesting the way it's laid out. I've been giving some uh, a great deal of thought uh, to how to translate it, not only from the um, from the one system into uh, the other system, from Knights Black Agents into the cult system, but also to translate it from a more I don't know like that. I don't know what you would call Gumshoe. I, I guess it's kind of a story game, but I don't know. I mean, like whatever kind of game you want to describe or how you would describe the gumshoe system and Knights Black Asians uh, to something that is much more of a story-based, you know, scene-conscious kind of thing. But I think it's going to translate just well, just fine. Like, it, it does seem to think of itself, the adventure at least, in terms of what scenes and locations you would be at. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how this story unfolds. Like, it, it's, I think, is going to be really interesting and that's the thing I, I guess uh, that um, I have had a I've struggled with a lot of the power by the apocalypse games in the past because I just um, I did a terrible job of I did an okay job of running blades in the dark a couple of times I did a terrible job of running a band of blades and um, I really uh, wish I had done a better job of that because that, that game seems very very interesting Uh and I recognize those are uh, Forged in the Dark games, not Powered by the Apocalypse games, but they have a very similar kind of, you know, play to see what happens kind of vibe to them. Um, but, you know, the uh, the the most the games that I have uh, most recently run with with which have that that style of play, the uh, City of Mist. Man, did I have a good job with that? Did I have a, uh, not a good job? Did I have fun with that? It was. Prepping it, running it, it was so fun seeing where the story went. And uh, I, that experience is what I'm kind of reflecting on in prepping for this one in terms of like what I need to have prepared for it. But uh, I am also, you know, I, I'm expecting that I'm going to be thrown for a loop, you know, running a, a different style of game with a different set of rules, with a different, you know, setting. I, I, it could be, um, it could lead to some some fun challenges on uh, on my part. But Man, oh man, I am very excited with uh, with the prospect of this uh, this coming game. Um, one of the best experiences I've had recently uh, with with games definitely was our uh, October Faction one shot, which I've talked about at length 
on uh, on the podcast so far, and uh, I'm really looking forward to you know I I do feel like I'm trying to you know um, in a way like uh, capture lightning in a bottle here again. I, I'd like to get that solid of a session uh, done you know not done again, but like to to really get that feeling. Uh, partly because I, I get that feeling so often with our AD and D game and our Ash game. You know I. Um, I want to try and uh, really capture those those moments that really seem like they will be truly memorable uh, experiences at the table, and, and uh, that's something I am really excited about for uh, for getting cult to the table. I uh, to the point where I actually ordered in two sets of cult dice. So I'll be rolling official cult dice for the session. I'm very very excited about it. Um, and um. What else? I mean, I uh, those ones I, are, are primarily the things that I am the most, you know, I, I'm really the most excited about. I'm also, on another positive note, man, am I enjoying our AD&D campaign. It's just, it, it is coming out exactly as I was hoping it, it would be. I have so much fun playing with all those, all those folks. The system um you know i am enjoying tinkering with the uh, the rules set as well too to figure out what uh you know kind of what i want to do uh, or how, how i want to optimize it and to that end i recently got a uh I, I got a copy of uh for golden glory which is this osr uh kind of uh, it's not a rewrite i guess but it's basically a compilation and, and an, a, a solid edit of AD&D Second Edition that's uh, published by this one. Uh, I can't remember the name of the guy or the, or the company, but um, it's it's really good. Like I, I was when I first got, it, I was like, eh, I got my books already. Why do I need to check this out? And then I, I downloaded it, and it's it's really good, you know. And even like reading the the foreword to it, what the guy had done is, uh, what is it? Sorry, it's two guys. Uh, they had scoured. Dragon magazines and you know sage advice and and what and all these different places and then gone to the Dragonfoot forums to to really try and suss out you know what was for those rules that were kind of fiddly to fi- find out exactly what they were what they intended and then present it in a clear format. It's awesome, and there's a couple of things in it that really I've, I've, I'm already considering as uh, uh, house rules for for mine or at least clarifications to be like no no you can you can actually do this. Um, it's going to have a bit of an effect on how things play at the table, but um, yeah, I mean, I I, uh, I really really like that. If if you uh, are a fan of AD and D Second, and you are looking for a and because you can get the PDF for free, you're looking for a, a, a all in one kind of starting thing that has the uh, contents of the Player's Handbook, DMG, and Monster Manual or Monsters Compendium, I should say. Uh, yeah, that's a great uh, for Golden Glory is a really really good supplement um the art is all this like open source uh classical stuff but otherwise it's just text and it is very easy to navigate uh they also like reorganizing the tables uh, reorganizing how they present the classes and the um races and stuff in a more modern uh format all of that stuff is great like really helpful because I mean, like the you know whatever version of the AD&D Second Edition uh, books you get, whether it's the uh, original ones that came out or those reprints that were done uh, in the '90s, um, they you know they're not terribly well laid out, and they don't do a good job of putting up front. You know, there's a lot of ways you can kind of 
where there is hidden information that kind of lurks somewhere in the in the middle of a big wall of text. The Golden Glory guys, they actually presented all of that stuff in a... Uh, it looks very much like the layout type or the organization that we see from 3rd edition going forward for maximizing uh, legibility, you know, and... I love it. Yeah, really, really love that. I, I actually love it so much. I ordered a print copy, uh, so I'm getting a full color hard copper hard copy uh, version of it. Um, partly because it's just, I mean, there. Partly because it is just, it was so helpful. It was so useful. I will still keep make use of my uh, player's handbook and and my uh, DMG because I am really, really enjoying reading those. And I think I've, in the time since we've gone back to AD&D, I'm very close to having read both of those cover to cover again. Just by virtue of having gone back into them and poking at certain rules and, and rereading certain rules. And um, I just, man, I, and, and I am feeling more confident, like I said in the uh, podcast from yesterday, or, or maybe today, depending on when I post this. The, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I'm thoroughly enjoying rediscovering those old little rules and, and applying those at the table and the you know the story that we're seeing unfold and the characters we're meeting through it it's just like that's exactly what I want from a gaming experience is something that will facilitate a really good time with a bunch of friends and that is doing exactly that um, in fact I might actually I got to, a little bit of work to do tonight but I actually might update my house rules to reflect some of the ideas uh, or clarifications from um, Golden Glory because there's a couple things that I know certain players will, in particular my dual wielder players, they are going to be very happy with uh, at least one of the uh, one of the things that uh, is going to come from um, from these house rules, so um, so anyway, that's just a couple of, you know, it's a short episode uh, I just wanted to say a couple of positive things, because I, I do feel like I've been uh, a little excessively negative and, um, you know, it's not fair for me to just uh, certainly for, for my players to just be grossing. No one wants to hear people bitching all the time. And, and I don't play, you know, role-playing games so that I can find things to bitch about. If you don't like the way certain things are, just don't engage with them. Like, there's, it's an easy way to keep uh, that kind of stress or, or, you know, whatever out of your life. And I certainly don't want to be, you know, bringing all that negative uh, negativity to uh, you fine folks as well, too. I, I uh, much prefer, you know, to bring, um, to focus on the positive because... You know, there's certainly more than enough other shit in life to, to you know, get you down. Gaming and uh, this podcast in particular should, uh, in hopefully, just be doing things that um, help you enjoy and find new ways to think about and enjoy the things that we all collectively love, which is to say tabletop role-playing. So, anyway, that is a little ray of sunshine. Um, I'll say, I'm not going to do an outro. I'll just leave the outro with this. So, you know, I hope that... Um, that you are finding games to get very excited about in your own life. Uh, I hope that uh, if you have questions, I guess, about any of the games that I'm talking about right now, please don't hesitate to con- contact me about that um, by email at dungeonmusings at gmail.com, by Twitter at dungeonmusings, or you can uh, find shoot me a voicemail on um, Anchor, uh, or you can go to the Dungeon Musings YouTube channel and find a link to the Dungeon Musings Discord server on which we can find... Uh, Ways to chat about not, not only any of these games or any of the other games that uh, you want to chat about or the podcast or, or any, you know, really, to be honest, almost anything to do with games or dogs or pets. So, anyway, thank you so much for listening. Thanks for suffering through both the uh, grossing episodes and the positive episodes. I hope uh, that uh, 
Your life at your table is treating you very, very well. And until we speak again, happy gaming.